My name is Oliver Queen. I had to become the Green Arrow. I am Supergirl. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. I am the Flash. Where I'm from, you aren't just considered heroes. You're legend. Who controls everything in Gotham? I don't know. You've never heard of our secret council. So you're the devil. And you've left hell behind to take a vacation in Los Angeles. Lucifer Morningstar. Is that a stage name or something? God given, I'm afraid. You know what would be fun? A zombie show where a zombie's the star. That's dumb. Hey everybody, welcome to the DC TV Podcast, episode 84. That was a good year for me. I think that was the year I lost my virginity, it was 1984. That was, that was the year of the Macintosh. Yeah. Anyway, 84 episodes of this fun stuff, so we got like 16 to go until the big 100. And what are we going to do for the 100th episode, guys? We're uh, going to record a podcast. Now you, you spoiled it. You spoiled our entire plan, you bastard. Sure God. I, I always do that. Next, you're going to tell me we're going to watch TV shows and talk about them on the podcast. Shh. Double, double spoiler. Oh, you you blew it now. I might as well let the whole thing out of the bag. Just messing it up. But uh, joining me tonight to talk about DC TV, first of all, the man who was supposed to be working the valet parking job that night with uh, Lee and her uh, fiancé had the rehearsal dinner tasting, Mr. Richard the Chub-Toed Sheldon. I... Yeah, yeah. It wasn't my fault. I'm just saying you were supposed to work that night, but you called off, and unfortunately, you're filling. Got the yep. got the got the Scorsese treatment. Yep. <laughs> and the man who actually holds the patent for those purses made for purse-sized dogs that we heard about on Lucifer this week, Mr. Daryl Taylor. Yeah, got to get that paper. Got to make the paper all the time. Got to make the paper. Before we get to our four episodes this week, we didn't have Arrow, we didn't have Legends this week uh, because oh. of the, the turkey day and the consuming of food and the mm, football mm-hmm. and whatnot. How psyched are you guys for the crossover? Because they are hyping the hell out of it now. Oh, my God, are they? <laughs> I, I am super psyched. That's all. I, I have a feeling that this is going to be... It's going to do better in ratings than they even thought. Like, they, you know, they make projections probably of what they think the ratings are going to be. I don't think they say it, but, you know, they always have projections of what they think it's going to be. I really think it's going to do even better than that. I have a feeling. Like, the way people are talking about it, even people that don't watch all the shows, I've heard people, t- you know, talking about that, uh, how they're, they're, you know, they can't wait for the fur-parter. And they'll watch other shows that they don't, you know, some people don't like Legends, some people don't like, watch Supergirl or whatever. And they're going to watch all four uh, parts of this because they're that psyched and their kids are psyched. And, you know, like, I really think it's going to do really well for them. I mean, the, the thing is, you're going to have to watch all four to get the whole story. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. people who just watch The Flash or just watch mm-hmm. Supergirl or, you know, you know, I, I know people are just watching Arrow now. And the only reason yeah. I picked that up is because it, it, it improved the season, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I agree. I, I hope it's going to be a big success for them. I want them people to realize that, you know, that many ways to approach these characters is what I'm trying right. to say. And you know, they're all valid. I, you know. 
I'm excited to see where it's going to lead. Like I, I, the the main thing that I'm looking forward to is how are they folding and incorporating the Supergirl universe or Earth into this one? Um, are they going to collide? Is there just Barry going to go through time or go through the, the dimensions? You know, or is there going to be something with Cisco and Vibe? You know, what is it going to be? Is it Flashpoint and now it exists and we're bringing it in? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm still reeling from what I assume we're going to talk about when we get to Supergirl here in a bit, but um, the hinting at another character that possibly may be living in this universe. So I, the, the possibilities are endless. It's crazy what they're doing and it's crazy good. And I, I'm just excited. That's not the first hint we've had of that character either, by the way. No, no, no. But just, this was a little more pronounced. Yeah, it was a little, it definitely was like, hello, we know who you're talking about. You know, it wasn't just an offhand thing like the other reference. Wait, now I'm lost. What are we talking about? Well, just real quick, in Supergirl, uh, Supergirl goes on about how her uh, cousin, Cal, worked with a vigilante. Lots of gadgets, lots of of issues, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or lots of demons, something like that. Right. Describe right. Batman to a T. Yeah, and then, then a couple episodes ago, when Superman blocked uh, like an exploding drone or whatever from a family, the family looked at each other and were like, "We have to move back to Gotham." Mm-hmm. So, right, this is yeah. like the second time now they've made a reference to well, Batman, I... Batman existing in their universe. I mean, at this right. point, when they brought the big guy in, Superman, and everything mm-hmm. else. I mean, what would it hurt their other properties, the movie properties and Gotham and everything? What would it hurt to bring that into this universe, even if it's just a guest appearance or even just more, you know, insinuation about the character himself? I mean, what would it hurt? I don't think it would hurt, but it's just TV just has a funny people, TV people and even Marvel you know, people love the movies, and as much as successful as the movies have been for Marvel, they still have problems with with doing network television. Like they still because they there's have such a stigma on it. Right, they have problems with the Agents of Shield because they 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 just have never made that show gel like it should. They know how to do television. Every one of their Netflix ventures has been amazing. So they know how to do episodic but storytelling. But that's yeah, totally, but that's you're talking about that. a totally different production company. Which, right. Totally no, different, yes, totally I agree. I mean, totally different um, you know, style of or approach and monetization. I mean, Netflix puts right. out more money than you know ABC does for for ABC. They're closer. Well, but Agents was, Shield is nothing but this little little promotion bucket for them to use to promote shit between the films and everything else and i mean it is not what we thought it would be i mean i still watch agents of shield i get a kick out of it i'm really getting a kick out of ghost rider but but basically that show is nothing but but fluff to the marvel to the mcu okay but hold on chubba if you let us say something you get so excited about it um it's not the same. I'm talking about, that's why I said network television. The right. problem is you're dealing with people who think a certain way, and TV still is the slowest to change. Even with all the different things that have come out on TV, it's been cable that's done more to innovate than it has uh, network television. Because there's just, 
they have a certain way of doing things, and they still think that way. And even but when numbers change, even with the numbers have changed, there's still the people that are the guard that are the guardians of these shows who say what show gets made and who gets the money for what. There's right. still that same stigma of we don't do it this way. We but do, it do you this consider way. CW network television? Yes. <laughs> yes, it's they still have. Yeah, they still have to do twenty something episodes. They still have to. They still have to deal with affiliates. They, they make their money to, from advertising. They still make their money from advertising. Right. right. There's still a budget. It doesn't like even though Warner Brothers might have a lot of money, just like Disney got a lot of money. You look at Agents of Shield. They don't got a lot of money on that show. It still has to go under a certain budget. Everything is still budgeted the same way. They still have the same commercials and all that. So it doesn't matter. Warner Brothers, whatever it is, it, it doesn't matter. It still has to fit that format. It still has to all go under that still format. And that's still and and it's hard to get that to make the change. It's still it's still we still don't have the flash in the movies yet. They still have problems getting that off the air. Mm-hmm. Like when that happens, like the the best thing that can happen for a um, Batman or a Superman show is for the Flash movie to be made and for the Flash movie to do well. Right. Because yeah. that would be that would help the the people who were still gun shy on stuff like that to say, okay, maybe we can do other stuff and it not interfere. Like even with the Superman, I think we'll get a Superman show. It helped a lot that's the episodes the Superman were yeah, were in better. did so well because it I think they it's a better chance of getting a Superman show than we do a Batman show. And if we give a Superman show off the air for next season, then I think we that can awesome. do a Batman a, a Batman show, I think. But it's but still it's dragging the feet. It's they still worry. They still don't Plus they still right. think, Well, they still think that we the audience or not, we we can only deal with one thing. They think we're like squirrel. Well, you know, like he, it confuses <laughs> us to put too many of the same stuff on on the air. You can't have two Superman in the movies, and you can't you know do that. They they still think that you can't do that. And, well, and, and if I, you look I'm at if, even... if you wait, it was, oh, I think it might be set. Um, Agents of Shield also spun off of those movies. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, this whole Arrowverse came out on its own. You know, what yeah. I mean, it, it right. came organically of its own. It didn't come yeah. like, hey, you know, check out how it's tied into this movie, uh, Zack Snyder made or whatever, you know. And I think it'd be very possible for us to see, you know, um, down the road, like a cameo from Batman and Supergirl or a cameo mm-hmm. from Batman in, right. like you said, maybe a, a Superman series down the road. But by keeping those universes separate, the Arrowverse and the Supergirlverse, I think it's super smart because then Arrow gets to keep its Batman type narrative and storyline he gets to be mm-hmm. the batman of that universe without having to bring an actual batman you know what i mean right right so i think they're well, able to have their case I I, you know you say is there gonna be a batman show and i say to you well there has been for five seasons it's right arrow you know? <laughs> right. yeah just watch arrow and transpose that for arrow and you're gonna be there you know what i mean because yeah. be real you, you put batman in in any show he takes over mm-hmm even yeah. he, like that doesn't matter. You put that cape and cowl on there, and you have him running around doing stuff. It's just something about that character. Like he will take over that show. So they don't. You don't want to destroy your show 
to put right. another character on there. So I, I would even see them not doing it until Arrow is over. Well, you and know? that would probably be smart. And again, I wasn't even necessarily looking for a Batman show, which would be awesome. I'm just saying, like you said, Jimmy, just pops in or there's maybe just evidence of him left around or something, you know, just not, just yeah, I, but you put that cow. I'm telling you, you put that cow on and just have him even be in the background for a second. Like even even with Gotham, when they had Azrael mm-hmm. running around with the cow and stuff, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, exactly, yeah. How amazing that would look if you know, like for just this Batman for exactly. him for that to be Batman, him running around. I mean, but they. But there is something about that. Like you really do want to build like they don't they're not all together built yet. They're not all on solid ground. Like Flash is is strong and um Arrows is starting to get back on its feet. Yeah. But Legends still got a way to go and ratings have been fluctuating on that show too. Yeah. They're the, not the legend, as strong as either. Yeah, the Legends rating has have been kind of soft in comparison. I mean mm-hmm. they hit they hit about a million viewers, maybe a little bit less every every episode. Whereas Flash is getting between two and three, depending. Yeah. Arrow has actually increased this year, mm-hmm. and Supergirl is pretty much doing the same numbers it did as it did on CBS. Right. Which are good for CW numbers, you know. I mean, exactly. They're, they're really good for CW numbers, whereas they would lackluster for CBS. Um, but yeah, getting back to your original question, I think I think you could see a Batman cameo in Supergirl next year, or in a you know, mm-hmm. or in a Superman show the year. The year, you know, after that, I just I think it's really smart for them. The more I think about it, you know, we all assume that Supergirl would be folded into the Arrowverse, but keeping them separate, I think, is really a smart move on their part. Yeah, you know, I they, think so too. They're able to keep keep you know. Plus, I mean, you can't have Diggle and uh, and Guardian run into each other. They're too similar. You know, two, two no. guys with helmets. You can't yeah. have that. Yeah. I'm saying that get confusing. So, I, yeah, you're right. I think if they would do anything, it would be. Keep Batman in the Supergirl universe if you're gonna do anything. Yeah, I would. I would agree. Plus, yeah. I mean, it seems like Supergirl is more. I, I, want, I don't. Want, I don't want to say comic booky, but it seems to have. But more, it is. But it's holding on to more of the lore, right? Like that. Then it seems like the Flash does. I mean, the, the Flash has kind of its own story that's kind of yeah. loosely based to, on Flash. Flash, you know, comic book lore. Mm. But like Supergirl's really, I mean, we're getting like Luna Luthor and Cadmus and Mon El right. and like a lot of Martian Manhunter and the way, you know, a lot of. Yeah. But I would but love I would, stuff. I would love. Go ahead. I would align the tone of Supergirl more with, with Flash than I would <laughs> Flash with Arrow. Right. But you can't take Flash out of. Out no, of no, no, no. And, and the thing is, they didn't know if that would work or not when Flash came out. No. Like Arrow was very dour, like I said, very Batman. Mm-hmm. Flash mm-hmm. comes along, you know. I mean, the whole first season is just optimism and, and golly gee wow, and you know the second season a little darker because Zoom or whatever. Right. But um, but yeah, then they realized that they had a success there, and then you know they turned it up even brighter with Supergirl, you know. And I, I think just, they got a strong story coming if they deal with why is it that we don't have. Superman and Batman in the Arrowverse universe. Like, why is that? Like, why does it exist? Did somebody go and kill them first? So they never came about? Hmm. Did someone prevent it? Yeah. Like, like, did someone come about in that world to take them out? Maybe it's possible. They didn't want those threats? 
Maybe it's possible in that universe Krypton hasn't hasn't been destroyed. Who knows? Could be, yeah. Could be any of it. But it, it's something. It's telling, though, that there's not a bat. Like, you could really make a story out of that where it's telling that there's not a Batman and there's not a Superman and there's not a Wonder Woman. There's not an Aquaman. Like, I, I really... I really would like to see, and I'm not going to, but I really would like to see, as a result of Flashpoint, thinking of the comic event Flashpoint, one of the things I really enjoyed was how they flipped the script, and Bruce was who got killed, and Thomas was Batman, and then it turns out Martha was Joker. And, I mean, that was crazy, but it was really interesting how well, they did that. You can do that with this. Like, there could be a good reason why there's never been any aliens on on, on you know the Arrow and Flash world so far, but they are a whole bunch on you know on Supergirl's world. Like True. you could really get into that later on. Like let like Legends. I wish they were a little bit smarter with the right. You can still have fun with it, but I mean, I wish they were a little bit. They wrote it a little stronger sometimes, where they could make them something where they have to investigate these things. Like, I would love to have seen something where you find out the big mystery is, why is there no Supergirl or Superman here? Mm -hmm. Like, why, where are the Kryptonians? Where are the, the, like, after, you know, Flash has kind of told them, you know, the story eventually gets out, like, you know, this is, he's seen on this other world. Like, now, but have have we seen Legends cross universes though no, yeah no. i don't think so so would no, they no, they would have to get it from flash flash yeah because remember yeah. she told flash all right. that information well just right. like in the dc comic you the flash is the conduit to you know it's always been the conduit to like parallel earths and stuff exactly yep. so yep. imagine if they do a story with legends where they're like you know barry they kind of confer and go you know Barry's telling him about all these aliens. Well, now after this crossover, you'll see all these aliens and stuff. And yep. that's something that had never been introduced before. So what if you ask the question of why don't we have a, you know, like we have crossover characters, but why don't we have a crossover character? Why don't we have a Superman or a Supergirl or, or, you know, these other kind of characters? Or, uh, like, conversely, why are, there, why are there no speedsters on Supergirl? Yeah. 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 Like what is going on? And that's not, is there even a speed force there? Yeah, you know. Yeah, that, that, exactly. Like, why? Well, I guess it kind of would be because he was able to. He's still able to use his powers. Yeah, that's something that's always kind of you know been in the back of my mind as a question as far as the Speed Force goes because Kryptonians, you know, enhanced by Earth's yellow sun, they move extremely fast as well. Now they're not utilizing the Speed Force, but why is it that? one of them hasn't touched or gone into the speed force as a result of their speed alone. Well, it used to be all the time Superman would travel back in time like that. Yeah. In the Silver Age. Um, no, I I know, but did they ever label it as him using the speed force? I don't think so. I think would wait. I think would wait. They had a they had a thing where if you go past a certain speed that's mm-hmm. speed force level. Like there's a level to it of how fast you can go before you enter the speed force level. And I don't remember exactly how they worded it in that, but they oh, were like, what, cause oh. they were trying to specify like there's Superman is super fast, but he's only as fast as you can be before you can hit. Cause they wanted to, to let you know, like f- they wanted to flash to be 
powerful in speed like Superman is powerful in strength. And they didn't they kind of didn't want them to all be the same. So they kind of did things to make it different. And they gave Wally access to they came up with the speed force and they gave Wally access to it. And he was faster than anybody else. So even when Superman being as fast as he can, that was how they kind of started to give all the different, uh, you know, characters their own um, abilities. They kind of pulled them away and kind of set them apart from each other. And they said that he can't get into the Speed Force, but but Wally can. Yeah, this comes from wikis, the DC wiki. Um, Superman can come very close to the speed of light but he has never used the speed force. This is only accessed by the speedsters who can tap into the speed force like the flash. Superman is not a speedster. Therefore he has no connection to the speed force. The speed force is completely isolated from Superman. And that was an editorial thing to do that. Yeah. When they powered down Superman, you know, when he wasn't golden age. So, so those with the speed force, like Flash and whatnot, are they technically then faster than Superman, or is it just yes. a different? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are. So that old Silver Age cover of them running the race or whatever, you know who the winner is. Right. Yeah. right. Okay. Now that we've got all of our digressions out early on, <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead to Gotham. All uh, right. Season three, episode ten: Mad City colon Time Bomb. Uh, this starts off with Lee and Mario having a lovely dinner with Don Falcone at Roberto's, that's and that's uh, they're they're enjoying their their, uh, their meal. Lee uh, makes mention that uh, they developed a test for the touch disease. Mario looks a little more interested in that than he should. Mm-hmm. And uh, the valet goes out to pull around Mr. Falcone's car, and the car explodes. Everybody's heard is what what happened to Barnes, so uh, of course everybody's going crazy. Penguin proposes a, uh, a rise in uh, protection fees across the board. He has a meeting in his mansion. Jim has some questions for Falcone, of course, because he's worried about Lee. And right. uh, Carmine says it's not that. It's not, you know, it's, uh, the attack was probably some old disagreement. And Jim asks Carmine not to retaliate. But uh, Carmine gives Gordon one day to do things his way to figure out, you know, because Gordon wants to keep Lee out of danger, supposedly. Uh, Lucius approaches Jim and acting Captain Bullock, that was pretty cool, uh, about the device that blew up the car. It was military grade. And uh, this wasn't a homemade bomb. This was a, a skilled ex-soldier gone bad, uh, military grade. And they finally they track the guy down. They go to his apartment, but he's already dead. Um, and Jim finds under the mattress a file on the target. He's not after Carmine. He's after Mario. Bum, bum, bum. Oh no! Someone hired him to blow up Mario. No, next, I haven't seen. Okay. Sorry. So I'm sorry. So next, Mario gets attacked by machete wielding motor- motorcycle dudes. <laughs> yeah. In a busy hospital courtyard. Of course. Absolutely. It's Gotham. Jim, uh, Jim, you know, shoots them until they go away. <laughs> mm-hmm. He tells Mario to lay low, and Mario's all like. You'd like that, wouldn't you? Which, I don't get it. He seemed like they portrayed him as a little bit smarter character than the dumb mob guy to act that way. And he's slowly kind of degraded over the last few episodes into this imbecile. And I'm like, he just doesn't seem as smart a character as what they first portrayed him. Yeah, he turned that way now. Like, he wasn't like that before. 
Well, we find out something, you know, something else about him before the end of the episode that might be uh, yeah. affecting his behavior. Right. So, Jim tells Bullock to keep an eye on Mario when he goes to see the man's father. Carmine's at a loss. You know, he, Carmine's like, my son is the most decent person I've ever known, and uh, Jim, but Jim doesn't buy it. Uh, Mario must be keeping something from his dad. Um, you know, for them, someone to want to kill him. Meanwhile, over at uh, <coughs> over at the Wayne Orphanage, uh, Selena and Bruce search are searching the library to find see if they can find a match to the key that is, uh, you know, that they find. Um, Selena drops the key in some rust removing solution, and underneath it is an image of an owl with a lot of salt talking. Yeah, dun, dun, a lot dun, of dun, salt dun. in that conversation. Oh yeah, salt. Was... The salt is by, might have been what cleaned off the rust. Yeah. Why you ain't tell her we were together? Why'd you tell her we were together? I know, exactly. I don't believe in labels, man. Why don't you believe in labels? That was so email. Yeah, it was. Um, he started pouting again. Not, not a fan. Alfred's worried that Bruce holding the key is going to be considered by Catherine and the court as a violation of their agreement. They made to stay out of each other's business. But just as they realize the danger they're in, Ivy turns up missing. Um, she used her disorienting perfume on the butler in a deeply uncomfortable scene. Yeah, the whole Ivy thing is kind of deeply uncomfortable. Um, I feel dirty in every scene that she's in. It just is, it's creepy. It's just weird, yeah. What? And they're uh, not dealing with well, it in, a, in an interesting way, I don't think. They're right. kind of yeah. playing with that whole child thing. Kind yeah, of... I thought that once she got, uh, once she morphed into adult Ivy, that she would just move away from that and 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 do other stuff. She still acts like a like a tween brat, but in yeah. a, an adult's body, and it's just weird. It's like I don't it know. might be even better if you just had to go away till next season. Yeah, that might be true. You just reintroduce the character, you know. Um. They track down where uh, Ivy's being held, and Bruce thinks it's a court of owls. Um, he, he's trying to explain that you know, the key, it, key came to him by accident. He has no interest in nullifying their contract, but it turns out it's also it's not the court of owls. It's the Whisper Gang, uh, Ukrainian smugglers. Uh, they were almost driven out of the city after the court betrayed them, and they want the key to get revenge because urban legend has it unlocks some sort of device that the court fears more than anything. Although they're not sure what it is. Right. I wonder what that is. Hmm. But as yeah. soon as Bruce wants to uh, uh, get, to, you know, try to make an alliance, mm-hmm. uh, the two Whisper Gang members are killed by the court's masked assassin. I did went super comic booky in my head since I'm so freaking nerdy. All I heard when they started talking about smugglers, guild or whatever, I just thought thieves guild from the X Men. Oh yeah. That's exactly what I thought, because there was a Thieves' Guild, and there was an Assassins' Guild, and they start talking about the, you know, the whole thing, and I, that is totally what I, you know, thought of the Owls as the killers, and the, and they took out the, the, the uh, Thieves' Guild, which was the smugglers, or whatever they called themselves, they took them out because they wanted, because they used to be, uh, uh, you know, they used to be equal amount of power, they used to be equality and power between the two groups, and it seems like they were coming up and and one group was coming up, and so the Owls decided to just wipe them out, which is what they did. Right. So it's a lot like the X-Men. 
Hmm, interesting. I didn't think of that. All I thought of was, man, they use Eastern European guys a lot as villains. <laughs> um, Jim follows Mario to the jewelry store. He's picking up his wedding rings. Mm. And then uh, he's, as he's lecturing him about common sense for uh, protocol for targets, the motorcycle bandits arrive, driving straight into the showroom. And Jim and Mario fight them off. He gives, Mario gives one a cameo pin to the eye. That's nice. Yeah. And um, the one of the assassins survives. Uh, they have him in for questioning. Um, but their interrogation time is cut short when a call orders the man reverse, transferred to a federal facility. Uh, someone is exercising their influence to get this man out of Gotham. It's not Falcone. So after Gordon and Bullock fail to get anything out of the attacker, Falcone... Uh, walks in, he throws the man head, head throws the man's head into a metal table in front of them, and then he wrenches a tooth out of his mouth, and the tooth is branded with the symbol of the Court of Owls. Loving it. Um, Falcone, Falcone brings the tooth to a meeting with Catherine, demands to know why Mario is on their bad side, and Catherine references the great many things Falcone doesn't know about his city. <laughs> Uh, Catherine says that Mario is safe for now, but not why. And then Falcone threatens that any harm to him will bring about a real war. Mm-hmm. But Catherine does not seem all that uh, intimidated. Barbara interrupts Penguin's meeting to know where Butch and Tabitha to demand to know where Butch and Tabitha are. Um, Tabitha has been protecting Butch since his uh, Red Hood gang deal, and they're also back together. But uh, she has not. But Tabitha has not been checking in with Babs, and that's no good for Barbara. And when mm-hmm. Oswald, Oswald blows Barbara off, but she realizes that the uh, the housekeeper season knows everything. Um, Oswald calls Ed to tell him Tabitha and Butch absence hasn't gone unnoticed. He's trying to be understanding of Ed's grieving process, but he needs to hurry the hell up. Uh, Ed hangs up on him and turns his attentions back to Butch and Tabitha, who are bound and gagged, and who he is presently torturing uh, because he thinks Butch killed uh, Isabella. Um, Barbara shows up later to talk to the housekeeper and the housekeeper spills everything. Uh, The woman describes her fondness for Oswald and her belief that he can do better than Ed. (laughs) So funny. All all these motherly types love the penguin, you know, it seems. Yeah. And uh, I like the way Babs is like, what, do you mean like-likes? Wow. I should definitely revisit that another time. That was funny as you as you mentioned that. Um, there was a Bulga tells Barbara about a special delivery Ed was expecting. Babs goes to the BDSM store for a little visit and coaxes uh, the manager into some recreational stocks, which you know, again, how many times do we see this? Everybody who sells something to a villain mm-hmm. gets some <laughs> right? of that happening. She leaves him in the stock and walks out with the delivery address for Ed's order. He sets Butch up with a choice, you know. Butch keeps saying, you know, never even heard of Isabella, of course, but of course that's what he would say, right? Um, they put, he puts Tabitha's wrist in a guillotine, and uh, there's a button. Crazy. And if she pushes the top of the button before timer runs out, Butch will be electrocuted to death, but she will keep her hand. It's like Saw. You know, mm-hmm. just like so. And if she right. doesn't push the button, the blade will drop and she'll lose her hand, but Butch will live. Yeah, somebody watched Saw not too long ago because with this and the and the thing with Jim, with uh, 
with the early on. Yeah, even, yeah say, even with Tetch the way he is and yeah, stuff. The Mad yeah, Hatter yeah. drops a few episodes ago or whatever, you know. Very much yeah, somebody, so. Somebody watched it. A lot of song. So, um, hey, I think that first Saw movie is brilliant. I, hmm. I never really watched any of the ones after that, but I thought the first one was very well done. Anyway, Butch thinks he's dying, so he screams Enigma, you know, to finally, yeah, he killed that girl. He shot her. <laughs> but this is when Ed's brow wrinkles because, you know, he would deny killing her, but why would you remember the manner of death incorrectly? Right. Um, but uh, Butch... I guess the speech gets through to Tapta because the blade falls and she passes out from a bloody stump where her hand used to be. Yeah, that was... Ooh. Whoa! Yeah, that was pretty brutal. Uh, Babs yeah. arrives in the aftermath. I put that hand mm-hmm. on some ice, Ed tells her. And he leaves, <laughs> he leaves <laughs> to figure out what he just went through. Oh, I love Barbara. Um, Barbara puts uh, puts together the misunderstanding that led to, ta- led to Tabitha's injury. Mm-hmm. Um, he realize, She realizes now the penguin won't be able to push her all the way because he has she has something on him now. Yep. Because she knows that it was him and not Butch. So. Remember how he used to hate Barbara? Yeah, now she's like one of the best characters on the show. <laughs> right. I knew she had potential because that's what I said. Yep. They got to make her you crazy. Did. It's you the only it. way they can do it. It's the only way to make her good. They have to make let her go all out. Be Harley Quinn, basically. Yeah. Uh, we get a CW moment with Lee and Gordon, and Mario watches Lee exit Gordon's building, get into a car, and then he hears the whispers in his head, she loves him. She loves him. And then he takes out some aggression on some muggers. So evidently, well, he he has the touch thing going on in his blood. Yeah, you know, most definitely. It's definitely going. So well, is he, I mean, maybe he's he's working with the Court of Owls to study and weaponize it? That's the first thing I thought of is that he's, he's the Court of Owls creation. Mm-hmm. Like they've messed with, they're using that on him. You think that the, he's Talon in a way? I think he could pro- he could become one he eventually. Could Talon, yeah. 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 Because he's not going to get, you, you know this is going to go tragically wrong. They're not going to get together. Oh, yeah. Him and Lee are oh. not going to get together. Right. Oh, if anything, Lee, she's going to die probably. Or, die, or, or, she, or uh, Gordon will have to kill Mario somehow. Right. 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 Like first, I think the thing that set him off is you, you know for sure he is going to see uh, Gordon and Lee in a compromising position, which will throw him, push him over the edge. Oh, yeah. And, well, I thought him seeing the two of them talking to each other in this episode was starting to push him over the edge. Yeah, starting to yeah set but the I'm table saying for, that, though, for him to like but, really go all the right. Shit. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying go batshit crazy with her in the room still. Like he's hiding it from her now, but I'm talking about give in to all his impulses to kill kill Gordon. Well, if it's give the it whole... to your hate, strike right. me down, <laughs> and then I Gordon killing her. I don't think Lee would die. I think Gordon would wind up killing him and that will be their fake thing to keep them from getting together. Right. Because That's what she'll I think too. Yep, exactly. Yeah. She'll think about that like I can't be with you killed him and whatever. You know, it'll be that nonsense. I was going to marry. How could I yeah. be with you? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I could see her leave town again. Well, no matter what, if she dies or that happens or what, it, it, we we just know that Gordon cannot be happy. So something no, is not going to happen. happen. No. Right. No, not gonna we, happen. we watch too much television, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we, we know the arcs before they even come out. So. 
Right. I just want to be. It was decent. Yeah, it's a decent episode of Gotham. There were some yeah, funny moments. The the stuff with Selena and Bruce was kind of funny. I love the Selena and Bruce stuff. I yeah, just I funny. love where it's going. Yeah, the, barb, I loved... the barb stuff was funny. So yeah, I'm yeah. gonna be. I just I just I just don't like when he gets into the the. Um... It didn't do it too long in this episode, so that was good. But I just don't like when he gets into the pouty thing. He he pouted a little bit with uh, with uh, Selena, but he he came out of it. Yeah, so it's good. Just, right. just get Poison Ivy out of here. If she like, yeah. there's nothing else you could do with her. She can only do that trick so many times. Smell just, me. Smell me. Well, and, and just do like what one of you, I think Jim said, is just send her away. Yeah. Send her away for a while. You know, either bring her back towards the end of the season or mm-hmm. not till next season, something like that. Because I think that they could potentially do some really cool things with that character. But right now, she's just, it's too creepy. I mean, she's still playing a 13-year-old kid in a 24-year-old body, and it's really weird. Well, she works well when she was a scientist that turned evil. Right. And, did that. and she knows a little bit about the plants. But send her away to learn more about the plants and then have her come back and be more... Um, Right, yeah. Or prepared. Or just that. have her be a separate character. I mean, I don't understand yeah. why it ha- they'd have to be uh, the same girl. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could I could have went for it, yeah, just being a totally different girl. It didn't have to be her. They didn't call her Poison Ivy. No, they, they call her Ivy Pepper. Oh. I mean, yeah. And, you know, not Pamela Isley, which is, you know, the name of po- you know, Poison Ivy that we know, so. Exactly. They could have just started a Pamela Isley character and moved from there, so. But I agree with Jim. I, yeah, it's a B. It's definitely a B. Yep. On the B squad. Okay, let's go to Lucifer. Lucifer. This is season two, episode nine, Homewrecker. Hmm. This starts out with Lucifer and Amendiel. Amendiel um, taking a, a double-decker bus tour through L.A. Yeah. Which is pretty funny. And yeah, face um, he makes something. Yeah, the guys are, the guy who's doing it is like reading it off a phone. He's like, "Are oh, many sites of L.A. like the here's the store where they make the purses for the purse-sized dogs, you know, stuff like that." And it's just really boring. So Lucifer gets up and starts his own. He goes, mm-hmm. "See over there, that guy started here with ten dollars, and he built himself the biggest cocaine empire, or the biggest adult film empire in the world, right <laughs> over there, you know." And they're very sure I'm going to take pictures of that or. That guy down there is Sleepy Pete. He'll sell you the best Molly in L.A. Sleepy Pete, everybody. Everybody wave, you know. Kind of don't like that when they yell out that they're yeah, selling drugs. Tend, tend yeah, to no. appreciate that. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, Lucifer, after you know, Mendiel kind of dishes him, goes through an appointment with Dr. Martin. And uh, he doesn't understand why Mendiel doesn't like L.A. the way he does. You know, Lucifer loves it there. You know, he just really... Yeah, he was all pouting on the bus. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, I don't want to be here." The uh, the crime scene this week is from a real estate mogul from L.A. Lucifer even gets to sit on his throne for a minute. Um, but as they're going through the crime scene, they get a call from Lux, and Lucifer is there, and Eric Cooper, the guy who, the son of the dude who was dead, the real estate guy who they were just um, investigating, is taking over his company even before the blood is dry on his dad's body. And uh, Lucifer says, Dean made a deal with him. And Eric was like, yeah, that was written on a, what, a stripper thong with li- lipstick or something. Legally <laughs> binding in the state of California, sir. Legally binding. 
Uh, definitely binding. I don't know if legal. Legally, <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if Lucifer doesn't leave, I'll call him the police, and then Maze steps in and tells Eric to leave. And uh, Maze is like, look, this is all your mother's doing. She's trying to push you out of L.A., and Lucifer's like, yeah, you're crazy or whatever. Uh, Mendiel sides with Charlotte, too, and doesn't think that she did this either. Uh, Maze is trying to explain it all to her, and as she does, Charlotte appears behind her and tells her that she didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, she's behind me, isn't she? Yeah, she's standing right behind me. She is, she is. Um, yeah, and her word is bond. It's so trustworthy. Right. Then once Maze is gone, you know, Maze is like still suspecting her. You know, says so, so she's going to figure it out. Um, Maze is gone. Uh, and Mendel asks Charlotte again if she was involved, and she says she wasn't. Uh, but she thinks they can use it to their advantage uh, to convince Lucifer to come back to the Silver City. And that's all they want to do, I guess. Or yeah. supposedly. Supposedly. Right. Uh, Ella manages to put the glass back together that killed Dean, and she shouts in Klingon. Dan shows up and says Dean Cooper had no rap sheet. And then they, uh, just as uh, Lucifer is calling to say that Eric Cooper must be the killer, they find Prince on the glass that killed the Dean Cooper, or the, the dad, as being the son's Eric Cooper. So, um... Lucifer and Chloe go to Eric's house, and oh, just as they're going to the Cooper building to meet Eric, Eric Cooper's body falls out of the sky and plummets onto a parked car. Lucifer's Oops. like, it, it wasn't me. <laughs> That's going to leave a mark. Right. Um, it turned out that uh, the father ran the business into the ground, and Eric was trying to solve the property as quickly as possible, but it was too late. And there was a deal to mm-hmm. like, buy all kinds of land, but... Um, it was too late to make any difference to save the company, and that's why Eric jumped. Uh, he identified the new buyer as a woman named Eleanor Bloom. Uh, meanwhile, Charlotte interrupts a guy taking a piss and takes over his bomb-making fur, and they mm-hmm. go to meet Eleanor Bloom to try to uh, save Lux, but no, she wants to knock down Lux and build a mega mall. Lucifer even uses his little thingy thing on, on Eleanor. Now, all she wants is what everything Dean Cooper had, and then she wants to destroy it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot of hate. Uh, Chloe threatens oh, her. With, yeah. Mm-hmm. Th- Chloe threatens her with a murder investigation to type the construction. Um, Eleanor says somebody was cooking the books. Someone was hiding money in the corporation. Yeah. So. Well, Chloe's a little sweet on Lucifer now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan interrogates the bomb maker. Um, Charlotte shows up and says she's his new lawyer and she intimidates Dan and insults him before she leaves and then all she wants to know is does this guy really know how to blow up a building and he says well yeah I know how, you know, I know how. Yeah. Uh, Lucifer arrives at Lux when the movers are there and uh, he's like I'll show you you know and you think Lucifer's going to kick all their asses but the next scene is all of them drinking and partying um Charlotte arrives, asks Mendiel what's going on. They say, he says they're protesting. Mm-hmm. And she says that she's there to blow up the building. Um, Charlotte plays nice and tells Lucifer that she's going to support him, even though he doesn't, she doesn't agree with him. And he, in turn, introduces her to Dr. Martin. And Dr. Martin thanks her for all the work she did in creating everything. <laughs> Which, you know, I was just thinking, you're God's wife. You really need to find some mortal being to go make you a bomb to blow up a building? You're God's wife. Mm. 
it, don't they have like yeah, yeah but it's but, about but with lucifer even when we learn from lucifer they do more stuff with getting other people to do things mm-hmm. than yeah. they do with just it'd be kind of like convenience they gave too the, i mean yeah. she would have to learn yeah. all about how to make bombs and how to right. do she doesn't care. She's below all that. She finds someone. To well, do that I know, her. but I mean, just a celestial being of that power, that magnitude, should be able to just speak a word and make something explode. I'm just saying. But it'd be. But you would do every like. It would be too powerful on Earth, like because then that would be loose. There would be no cases because Lucifer could just, you know, move his hand or whatever, and things could just happen. Like if the, if they all did Hurry. that. It would just make it too easy. There'd be nothing for you know. There'd be no conflict in any episode. So I think they kind of make it where they seduce people into doing things or trick people into doing. Everything's right. a deal. Everything like has it, to be done by humans too. It seems like they have to choose to do it. Like you notice that. Like ever since I think that they had. They oh, it's the whole saying, free will argument. The whole right. They, they don't make anybody do anything, and I think she has to stick to that too. Like she can't just. Okay, that makes sense. That get makes them sense. to do it. She had to actually, uh, you know, she had to actually get him out of court and you know get him out of jail, and then that was the deal. Now he has to do something for her. Like that's that's what she can do, but she just can't get them to to just do whatever she wants them to do. Please show up and Lux and turn off the music, but Chloe intervenes and says she'll handle it. And uh, she, Lucifer thinks she's there to kick him out, but she tells him to turn the music back on. And uh, was dance. not expecting that. Yeah, me either. Um, Charlotte watches the whole thing, and then uh, the, uh, the 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 working investigation leader, and they say there's something missing. Chloe has a revelation about what happened, and she believes she knows who Dean was investigating, and she asks Lucifer for his help. It turns out that uh, Dean hired Simon to find out if uh, Eric's wife was fa- faithful to him, and uh, Dean wanted it to make it look like Christy was cheating on Eric, but nothing worked, and that made Dean furious. Um, Simon call- police- Lucifer calls this guy Simon a professional homewrecker and wants to punish him, but Chloe stops him. And uh, Charlotte asks out Dan... Yeah. Uh, while Maze is watching. Uh-huh. And uh, Dan opens up a little bit too much. And Charlotte, oh. Charlotte real, after Charlotte realizes that it was Chloe, she gets up to leave. Dan thinks that she's leaving because he's oversharing about her ex. But Charlotte's just using him for information. Yeah. Um, well, I think now she realizes how valuable she is to uh, Lucifer. Right. Yeah. Uh, so let's just take this red shirt and put mm-hmm. it on her. Yeah, no with doubt. Target on it and just uh, see what happens. Uh, Maze and Amendiel watch the entire exchange. Uh, Amendiel doesn't want to think anything bad is happening, but when she leads Dan away, he cringes, and Maze thinks it's hilarious. Um, later, Dan sleeps. Charlotte calls the bomb maker back and says to change it that she just wants enough of a charge to kill a single person, and she's going to do it herself. Um, Chloe and Lucifer return to Eric's house and ask if Christy was with him when his father was killed. He said she was out scouting venues for the wedding. Um, she comes in and wants to know why the police are there, but uh, Chloe mentions evidence and Eric jumps in to say that he killed his father, but then Christy says she did it. And they, you know, they both kind of nullify each other's confession. Um, Lucifer is sitting at the piano alone when Chloe walks in. Uh, he says 
He's done fighting. He sent everyone home. Uh, Chloe smiles and presents a certificate showing that the building has been named a heritage building. As you know, she pulled a few favors from a friend. I kind of saw that coming when he was spilling all the stuff about the things that happened there. I was like, okay, that's how they're going to save the building. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, He asked her to dinner to thank her, and the next day Lucifer talks to Dr. Martin about the breakthrough. She thinks he might have come to Los Angeles to find something, and that something might be Chloe. But why is it that he hasn't like shown his true face to her and stuff? Um, And then we end the episode with uh, Charlotte plotting her next move, holding a detonator under the bomb of Chloe's car. I can't... Yeah, he doesn't go to meet her because he's... Uh, he, he's scared to show his true face. Right. But his mom's going to blow her up, so it doesn't matter. Right. Well, yeah. or somebody will come and call her just at the last second. Sure. For the bomb go though. Of course. Okay, so... The Fur of Lucy... What do you guys give it? I say this was a B. Yeah, a B. Yeah, it was a solid episode. There's some cool stuff going on, and now that we're starting, I think we're starting to see more of what Charlotte is up to. Like, well, there's a really on her side to go back to the Silver City to try to take, you know, take it back or whatever. There's a real good cohesiveness in in the storylines and. There's, it, it, it definitely shows that they learned from their mistakes the last season. Their writers have gotten more mature in what they're doing, and they they really have fleshed out every aspect of these characters and the storylines, um, and they're really putting together something good this season, and this episode is just an example of that. So, yeah, to be. You too, Mr. D? Yeah, I said be first. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm B. B with this. Okay, let's move on to Supergirl. The Darkest Place. Ooh, this was a good episode, guys. It was. This was really... Well, the way they started is they show Supergirl fighting Hank Henshaw. And, like, he's kicking the crap out of her. And then they say 24 hours earlier, you know. Um... They're yeah. kind of playing that out, and not them alone, just television lately. Like, a yeah. lot of shows are doing this whole, oh, here, oh, shit, this is happening 24 or 48 or 72 hours earlier. It's right. like, all right, we're getting a little tired of that. It's it's not bad. It's just overplayed. It's funny yeah, they do it often. Yeah, I was going to say comics do it a lot lately, too. <laughs> it's called In Medias Res, like starting your yep. story in the middle, you know, and then going back and filling everything in. Uh, let's see. Last episode, Cadmus abducted Monel, and they have him in a cage of nth metal, which they mentioned. Uh, yeah. Another another thing that was kind of reminiscent of the original Superman movie when uh, they used the high pitch frequency to talk to Supergirl. Mm-hmm. She was, you know, she was. What is it? Uh, the only thing on two legs that can hear this right now is Superman. You know, this is the same deal that they used to get her to com- com- uh, comply. So she shows up, and the uh, cyborg Superman is there. The real Hank Henshaw, the one who mm-hmm. you know, John Jones took his uh, identity from all those years ago. And they got and, some explaining to do. Yeah. They, uh, they fight, and she kind of gets her butt kicked by him. And I don't understand why he calls himself cyborg Superman. That right. lost me completely. Yeah. I mean, you have no idea why he said that. 
He says, Other you... than the fact that they're trying to make him cool, <laughs> which they failed with that line, I just, why is he called that? Because it's like, I, I felt like I missed something in the episode. Yeah, because he, was... he says, call me Cyborg Superman, you know, and I'm like... Why? You're not dressed as Superman. You don't look like Superman. You know, mm-hmm. You're just a cyborg. Why don't we just call you Cyborg? Yeah. Exactly. I'm totally lost. Um, cyborg Superman overpowers Kara, and she finds herself in a cage beside Mondal. Oh. But anyway, she wakes up, and uh, they're in the nth metal cage, and Lillian Luthor makes herself known to Kara. You know, she realizes that it's um, Lena's you know, mom. And then she you right. know, has her little villain monologue about how they made her poor son seem to be, you know, Superman promised Lex the world, and uh, then, um, you know, then my poor Lex had to go to to um, prison. Why, you know, your cousin, you know, everyone loves him, and blah blah blah, and all this. So, um, typical Luther. Yeah. So part of it's revenge, and then part of it's anti-alien sentiment. So Lillian instructs Kara to wear a helmet that's going to absorb all the radiation from her solar flare power, which will make her, you know, vulnerable for a short period of time. At first, Kara refuses, but then Lillian shoots Monel with a bullet, and that's like, you know, kryptonite to them because lead is deadly to Daxamites. So Kara says, "Okay," puts the helmet on, and then after she is depowered, they drain some of her blood. And right. we find out at the end of the episode the reason they used some of her blood is so Cyborg Superman would have some of her DNA so he could access the Fortress of Solitude. And, Not good. And ask about something called Project Medusa. That was all very dun, creepy. Dun, um, Cadmus guards return Supergirl back to her cell, and Kara asks Monel to give Alex a message if she doesn't make it. And, uh, you know, tell her she wasn't scared, but tell her to live her life the way she, you know, all this stuff. And I didn't buy that for a second, you know, no. that she was going to die no. or whatever. But it was, right. a, it was a nice moment between the two, you know. Um, both actors, I thought, were, were decent, you know. And then Monel tells to, starts to tell Kara a secret about Daxon, but doesn't get a chance because Jeremiah Danvers shows up, a.k.a. Dean Kane. And it was funny, it was like, Kara, it's me, and he takes off, takes off his, his hood, and I was like, who the hell is that? I'm like, oh, wait, it's Dean Cain. He's just put on some weight. Okay. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and who thinks that... So what do you think Monel's going to say? That he, he... It didn't happen where the guy put him in the the rocket. He fought and jumped in the rocket and left. Or he pushed the prince out. Or he pushed the prince... Yeah, well, either way, he took the rocket as opposed to being put right. in the rocket. Right. Because he doesn't seem like... Because uh, my first issue was... For somebody that's supposed to be doing security, he can't fight for shit. That's true. Like, his hand-to-hand is, is terrible when it comes, you know, like, she kicks his butt too much for somebody that, even at half strength, you'd still have some more skill than he does, than he shows. He just, he just shows himself to be a party dude, so you don't, you don't come off as somebody that would be hired to, to be the, this pretty much the Secret Service for the for the you know for the king or whatever for the prince so i think all that's a lie i just think that he happened to be a regular dude who happened to find his way into the he was like an entourage he was like turtle 
Yeah, like to, to I, the I, Prince of Daxam, and then when they all went, all the yeah. shit went down, Turtle got in the yeah. pod. Yeah, I, I think that's totally what happened. I, or, or yeah, I think that that's what we're going to find out. Like the guy well, that he what does. What would you expect from a Daxamite? I know, right? The guy that he says he is, I think that's the guy that he beat out. You know, some something happened to that dude. Yeah. And and he went instead. He's like the, the he's not the bookkeeper, but he's just like the dude. You know the the waiter or something. He's right. a dude pretending to be another dude, yeah, acting as another dude. dude. Right. What do you mean, you people? Exactly. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the other parallel storyline here is. Uh, well, anyway, Jeremiah pulls the bullet out of Monel and helps them make their escape from Cadmus. Um, we don't see what happens to Jeremiah. He stays behind. Um, then we also have a, a parallel story with Guardian. Now, I still, still have the same problems we had with this storyline last week, yep. okay? Yep. James just has no motivation to do all this. I mean, the guy exactly. he's fighting this week has total motivation because, you know, all these people he's targeting are criminals who get... Um, you know, get freed on technicalities, you know. And that's because his wife and child were killed by one, right? You got freed on technicality. I mean, that makes sense. That's a good motivation. His motivation makes perfect sense, whereas Jimmy's is, everybody else is special, I want to be special. Uh Yeah, and he, like, tries to identify the guy. He's like, I lost my father, you know, and stuff, but we didn't never we've never heard like what happened with his father was his father like die of old age or something or you're freaking it, yeah. superman's pal jimmy olsen okay his your life is not that bad no he dropped Chill. the camera and that's what happened his father dropped yeah. the camera too we um after the first um, appearance of this other there's another vigilante who's like actually killing dudes and guardian can't have that and um I just, I don't know. I'm just, they're not really invested in him as a, as a vigilante. But, no. Alex, but Alex tells Maggie to like, says, you know, the Guardian's a wrong dude. And, you know, she asks him to back off. Mm-hmm. And Alex has been avoiding Maggie since their conversation last week. Um, when let's slip to Alex that James is the Guardian. Um, Maggie tries to be friendly with Alex when Alex shows up. But Alex is not ready for that. She is still hurting. Nah, right. girl. And you they don't have, come they have a, like that. They have a scene where Alex tells Maggie how much pain she's in, and uh, yeah. that was pretty pretty truthful. You know what I mean? It was a little intense. It was a little uncomfortable, and I was happy for it. It was. It's. I really yeah. think they're handling this whole storyline of what she's dealing with as a character That's on right. an emotional right. and mm-hmm. physical level, and I think they're handling it very very well. Yeah, Cause you know you like me, girl. Why are you acting like that? You know you like me. That's basically what was happening. Like yeah, you know yeah. you like her. He's like you just trying to front. Why are you fronting like that, girl? Why are you fronting like that, girl. Holla, you know, holla at your girl. Holla at your girl. I'm saying, why holla you why you picking up holla, stuff? Holla. Ain't no, there's no reason why holla. you can't you can't. Uh, um, John, oh, girl. Um, John is having some troubles. Uh, he's having hallucinations uh, as oh, well yeah. as the shakes. He's going crazy. And they test his blood, and it tells and it tells him that McGann is a white Martian. And John is past. <gasps> John is past. Yeah. And they fight. They have this big fight in the alleyway outside of her the bar where she works. Just, I got dirty blood. You give me dirty blood. <laughs> well, it's not even that. He's still still salty about his kid, his, his wife and kids. You know. Yeah, I mean, I mean that was. 
But because um, that just happened, that was like what uh, fifty years ago. Yeah, something like that. But Martians live a lot longer, so yeah, that's what I mean. You know, they're Vulcans. Yeah, it's like Vulcans. They don't. It doesn't seem very long for them. You know, it's just half. Oh. But um, Megan tries to explain, and then um, John is just really consumed by the pain. And he forces Megan to transfer into a white Martian, but she says, no, if you're going to kill me, then I want, to, I want you to kill me like this. In the form I pref- I, that I am, I prefer. I wish I was, or something like that. Right. So, um, now, I believe her and, and, and what she says. It's, I mean, doesn't he think in, in all that he's seen uh, amongst this universe that it's possible that there were some green Martian sympathizers <laughs> on the white Martian side of the whole deal. I mean, we will yeah. have to, this is a very heavy, this is turning kind of heavy handed with the, you know, they're all, you know, they're, they're all, they've all committed this crime. They should all die. Like, you know, right. all, the, all the Germans that participated in, you know, in any way, uh, in, in, in the war should be, you know, persecuted yeah. instead of, you know, kind of like, what did she really do? Did, did she really participate in that? Or did she not? Did she, you know, there probably was some that didn't want to be a part of it. Well, but. I'm sure in the beginning she did participate in certain things because you had to, I mean, to stay alive. But I'm just saying is it, it, it would dawn on me that there would be, I mean, every group of people has its people far to the left. So I would think that there would be some people that were sympathizing. It, but it's hard to, to have that sympathy when they they're the ones who killed murdered. your whole family in front of yeah. you along with the oh, entire yeah. race. No, yeah. I mean, it's going to take right. a minute for John. John's going to need a minute to get over this. Oh, you know no, I, mean? I totally, yes, I agree. I'm just, I'm just saying is I'm wondering, you know, is, is she truthful? And I think she is. Oh, I think she is. Yeah, me too. And I, I and think, I think yeah. she's going to end up being an asset in the long run. Oh, but totally. He's going to have to. There is something she hasn't revealed yet. He's going to have to get through that hate. Of course, but right. you know that's the journey he's going to have to go through. But when it, they do do that white Mar- eventual white Martian invasion, I mean she'll be mm-hmm. invaluable. You know. Oh, totally. You know she will. Right. By that time, they will have turned around on her. Right. Yeah. Uh, the episode ends with Team Supergirl gathered at Kara's apartment. Um. You know, Monel's wounded, and they show that her powers are back by showing her uh, heating up the pot stickers. Mm-hmm. Um, pizza and pot stickers, I guess, is their go-to comfort food. All right. It seems like that's what we see in every episode. Monel starts kind of checking out Kara, and he like asks James and Wynn if she's like seeing anybody. <laughs> and even James is. He, he, I'm starting to really not like James. Why are you asking? Why are you asking, boy? Why are you asking about her? <laughs> what are you sniffing around uh, about, man? Yeah, they making they making James. They took away all his 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 swagger that he had. Like he had this nice guy swagger, like just being so nice. Yeah, he was cool. And and be cool. He was he was comfortable in his own skin type of thing. He had that down. And now oh, it's no. like oh no, no no. They they're making they it looks like they're trying to turn him into Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, you know, being unsure of himself and, and yeah. And, and, and that doesn't work for me. Not to go not backwards. After, not after what they've sold us on with this character right. and who he is. And I accepted him right away, pretty yeah. much, as that. Now you're going to... No. Uh-uh. Yeah, it's kind of a 180 for the character in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And then finally, Maggie drops by to see Alex, let her know that she cares about her. 
she can't imagine life without her and wants to be friends. Yeah. And that's, Alex is like, okay, well, well let's, let's have pool. Let's shoot for uh, pool tomorrow. And they, they, right. they agree. Well, what's funny is that I, that is the most realistic with, with dating where when the person keeps coming to your house to tell you that we're just friends, but you keep coming to tell me that. We, we more than friends. You ain't like, coming. You ain't coming just to play Monopoly. No. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Mm. If Hank Henshaw, the real Hank Henshaw, the cyborg Superman, mm-hmm. right? He's supposedly the real Hank Henshaw who worked with uh, Jeremiah or whatever. Right. Does he know Kara's secret identity? He would have to. I would think he would have to would now. Unless it was wiped when he became cyborg. Maybe. I don't know. I just uh, I would think where he is in the timeline and everything with Jeremiah and that he would have to if he's the real if he is the real Hank Henshaw and not just but like then, a clone or you know somebody you know they made him look like Hank Henshaw or whatever. But you know I take it back. I take it back because if he did, Jeremiah would have left and got word out to his daughter. So I think he doesn't know, and that's what Jeremiah's mm. been trying to do is oh. keep him from finding out who she I is. See. Well, and is that even Jeremiah? Yeah, I think that's Jeremiah. I mean, and I see Jeremiah dying. (laughs) I I think that right. He's no friend of mine, but I heard that he was possibly bullfrog. Just saying. I don't don't know that way. Anyway, I I heard he was a show with Luke Perry that only lasted for three seasons. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Uh, I I could really, you could really see that when finally, when when he finds out who she really is. And Jeremiah is definitely going to have to sacrifice himself for Kara, which will be the ultimate breakup of Kara and and Alex for a minute. Because we've already gone through a lot of Alex feeling like she had to give up so much for Kara. And now she's gonna right? like she has to give up her father, too. And if her father dies to keep Kara's secret, or to save Kara, I can see Alex being kind of resentful of Kara for a bit. Because my family died. Like, uh, you, like my family lost time. Because the only reason why we're separated is because of you, first of all. You know, my mother and father. Yeah, it's, but she It's not out. her fault, but it is her fault. Right, I think there Alex might be there, but I think... Oh. She gets sacrificed for duty. I mean, that's what she's been for Kara since they were teenagers. I mean, she's but sacrificed. She so she gets sacrificed. So her dad he, sacrificing? Yeah. Which has been a reoccurring theme in these episodes of Alex. Even though she knows she did it for the right reasons, she still kind of feels like there right. is a bit of that. Like when right. she went to leave, she was like, well, how the hell? Oh, you gonna leave just like that? But I gave up everything for you. Like there is that kind right. of resentment still there. I don't think they worked it all out yet. Yeah, those feelings are definitely still there. They yeah. don't go away that quick. Especially, I mean, and especially, I mean, like the whole time that um that she's with Jer- that Kara's with Jeremiah, she could you know Alex this, Alex that, Alex I never mm-hmm. forgive me for not letting you getting you out of here, Alex. You know, right. So, right. but I think that I think Daryl's right. I think they're gonna play on that a little more. If you know Jeremiah does die in in the uh, you know in the course of saving Kara's life or helping Kara escape from Cadmus or whatever, you know, I think they definitely will play off that. Maybe for an episode, but not you know. 
I mean, it seems the bond between Karen and Alex is pretty strong. That they can be it honest, is strong, and they the, can be honest with each other when they have beef, you know. So. But I, I kind of see the the Buffy like this is very close to Buffy sometimes the way they tell these stories. Yeah, and I could see them because in Buffy, remember they go through this where they start to break up the group a little bit mm-hmm. after the first season of them being really close and bonded together. Yeah. Well, they there was started. that whole painful time where Buffy and Willow, when Willow went evil and all that shit, you know. Well, so even yeah. before that, it happened because there were lies between them. Right. And, and so now right. you have the lie of Jimmy, of James, uh, with the, the whole Guardian thing. thing. That's one lie coming in there. And you'll have the, resentment, think, well, the resentment of Alex for Kara if uh, right? Jeremiah dies. There'll be that. Right. You got that. You have, uh, they pulled John away because he's dealing with the White Martian thing. So he's kind of been pulling away from the group a little bit. Do you think Alex is going to keep the Jimmy secret for long? From I her? think it will come out, and Kara will be mad at Alex. Yeah, because she kept that secret from them too. Yeah, it, how could you be lie like, to me? Right, it'll be the she'll be mad at the three of them. Like, it just seems like that's something she would share with Kara. Well, she even says in the episode, she's like, "Oh, I'm sure he'll make himself known sooner mm-hmm. rather than later." You know, right? right. So yeah. Okay, let's go to The Flash. Yeah. Killer Frost is the name of this episode. And mm-hmm. Kevin Smith directed this one. He directed my favorite from last season, The Runaway Dinosaur. Oh, I didn't even realize. Didn't yep. realize he, did he did a fantastic job on this episode. It was great. Yeah. Um, this episode starts right where the last one left off. We, mm-hmm. you know, Savitar's clutching Barry by his neck. And uh, he's like, here, let me show you what real speed is. And they take him, he goes through this, it almost looks like a tunnel of speed force. He did that say, I, yeah, there's too much of that, though. I, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, it's yeah. like he wasn't even moving. It just was like, pop, pop. It was more like he was. Trans- well, it felt like he did the, the you know, the, um, when they had the Zoom thing, when Zoom did that to him. I mean, yeah. not, not Zoom, um, what was it? Like, no, it was a very Zoom like move, like for yeah. Zoom to like. To demonstrate that he's more powerful than Barry, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah, I didn't want to see that again. Like, I, I need to not have. I, I think after this, this one, do something else. No more no, speedster villains for a little bit. No more. Yeah, I was no hoping more. this season we would just have alchemy and not the speedster villain, but because we got another guy that's super faster than he is. Right. Like, we just went through this, and who's gonna and. I'm going to say this now. I'm going to make my prediction now. Under that armor has got to be someone we know. Yeah. Like, it's probably Eddie Thawne. Or, oh, yeah. Uh, got to be. Or Zoom. Or Jake Garrick of Earth 2 or something, you know. It's somebody we've seen. Somebody we know. Got to be. Um, like. Yeah, definitely. Um, I can see it being Eddie, though. I really can see well, it being Eddie. Well, have we ever cleared up what happened to the wells of this Earth since no, everything changed? No, no, we nope. haven't. So, I mean, it's possible that that, I mean, I don't know why the Wells uncorrupted by um, Thawne, why he would go that route. But, I mean, they they need to account for that, and I wonder if that's not part of that somehow. Well, now that it's turned out that Savitar is the one pulling all the strings and Alchemy is just like one of his disciples or whatever, then... Mm -hmm. 
and, and you know we'll get to the alchemy reveal at the end of this episode. But Criminy, dude, we thought he was, it was so such an obvious thing. We thought he was a red herring. Oh my god, I thought you couldn't be this dude. Couldn't I know. Be. We're like, no, it's too obvious. You can't be that. No, guy. no. So anyway, uh, Cisco and Caitlin show up and save Barry's butt. Uh, Cisco makes a portal with his uh, uh, you know vibe powers, and mm-hmm. uh, Caitlin freezes him in his tracks. Even though she can't see him, she just freezes the whole area. Uh, Savitar breaks free but runs off. Joe's worried, worried sick about Wally because Wally's still trapped in a cocoon mm-hmm. from touching a rock. <laughs> and um, Joe uh, goes back to the precinct to interrogate an alchemy al- al- acolyte. And Joe gets pretty physical with him. Yeah. But uh, as he's doing that, Caitlin shows up and lies and says that Wally has woken up. And Joe gets the heck out of there. And then Caitlin starts to use her freeze powers. First, she freezes the the, um, the camera so they can't really see who it is. And then um, she questions him as to where alchemy is and whether he, she can uh, you know, he, she can get her powers removed from, by him. Um Cops hear the suspect scream, and they come running in. And as Caitlin's making her escape, she runs into Julian and kidnaps him. Then we get to Caitlin and Julian. They're at some sort of, like, uh, frozen food meat packing plant. And uh, she says she's going to give Julian more than frostbite if she doesn't. he doesn't figure out a way, an algorithm, again with the algorithms, mm-hmm. to find yeah. more, of the, more of Alchemy's followers. Um Cisco and HR figure out uh, how to track her down, and then uh, you know, Kay- tra- Flash tries to give her a calming talk, and then Caitlin's like, uh, "You know, I've been on, I've you know, I've been on the other side of these talks before, and I'm not going to let you talk me down." In fact, she lets Cisco know that Dante was alive before yeah. Flashpoint, and that it was oh, very, very messed with the timeline that actually, you know, that caused him to die or whatever. Um. The police show up guns blazing. The Flash saves her from their bullets. But Caitlin repays the favor by injuring him with an icicle right through the leg. Sure did. And telling him not telling him not to follow her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cisco is, of course, very upset. Um, can barely look at Barry. He tells Barry to stay at Star Labs while he, HR, and Joe go after the alchemy followers. Uh, HR and Joe go on a very entertaining stakeout. Yeah. It's very funny. <laughs> I'm really starting to like HR. He's still annoying as all get out, but I'm, I'm kind of liking him in this episode. I don't know. Maybe I, he was I just, actually helpful a couple times this episode. Right. He was, him. but I, I just don't think they needed to do this whole another character. Though. No, I agree. But if they're going to do it, if they're going to do it, then I'm fine with what they did here. I mean, this bumbling idiot is he's. Yeah, I just I just don't know why they can't just say you're just gonna stay for a while. You can go back and forth. Or HR reminds Joe that Barry's superpower is hope, mm-hmm. not not super speed. But yeah. Joe says his gut tells him he's wrong about that this time. Um, Caitlin shows up at the home that Cisco was staking out. Of course, she confronts the alchemy follower. He says that Savitar has shown them all the future, and that Killer Frost has a glorious position in the future. But Cisco interrupts their conversation and uh, calls Caitlyn out to the street to fight him. Now, is this the fight that he saw when he vibed her before? That's what I thought. Cause he That's what the, I thought. It looked the just goggles like... and they both right. shot at each other. Because he doesn't see a clear... Got... 
he got behind that big tree and she shoots yeah. icicles into it, and that's right from there. Right, and then he comes out too. behind the tree. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the same okay. fight. And I wonder if the acolytes are seeing the other world and not the future. Hmm. hmm. Because she did have a part in the other world. That that's that, true. Uh, that's true. That's a lie he tells them is that that's the hmm. future or something. Maybe this is a new incarnation of Zoom again. I hope not. But yeah, I hope not. Um, Cisco and, T- and Caitlin. Um, uh, Cisco uses vibe powers to take out Caitlin, and they end up putting her into the pipeline. Um, her personality is is off the deep end at this point. She's really like gone over to the dark side stuff. Mm-hmm. And is, is it because of the powers? Like the powers have kind of turned everyone evil that have gotten them. I so just far. don't think that it, it doesn't work that way with everybody. It's only the when the the people that came from the other universe when he does that cocoon thing to people it happens but she didn't do that they didn't do the cocoon thing to her i think this is just she has been just so beaten down by her parents with you know not being able to be herself where she conjured up her own thing i think she thinks if i'm you know if i become this thing it's like she does have these, she doesn't talk to them. Like when everything, when things are too uncomfortable, she just holds it in. Like she, it's all right to be mad at Barry and say to Barry, you effed up. And, right. and this is what I feel and I'm scared and blah, blah, blah. But she never says anything. She just holds it all in. So I think it's easy to put all of that into this other persona because she thinks that's what's turning, you know, that that's what's making her evil. But I, I don't think that's what is evil. It is. It's just her. It's just that, you know, it's the, that case of it's her inner thoughts and stuff that she's just too, you know, scared. She's got to gotta learn out. to control it. You, she and just got to let, let, let that stuff out. Like you should be able to say uncomfortable things to your friends sometimes. And she doesn't ever say anything uncomfortable to any of them. She, she always, She's always listening to them, but she never, you know, she she never kind of puts anything on on them in in return. She doesn't lean on them like they lean on her. Right. Kind of just always quiet about it. It's like you said, it's what friends are for, you know. I mean, and she needs to realize that. No, they yell at each other. You got to yell at each other. Like she 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 doesn't do that, and that's why she's becoming this thing now. I mean, you know how many uncomfortable things Daryl says to me, but we're stronger for it, you know? Just, yeah. Yeah, because I have to tell you to shut up sometimes. He never, tells me uncom- <laughs> he never tells me uncomfortable things. It's interesting. You don't say the things that Chubb says. No, I don't. True. Um, I'm, Caitlin's uh, whole thing is kind of put Barry into a brooding mode, and then it's up yeah. to Iris to come and give him a pep talk. There's a moment of just playing everybody hurts and then everybody was off in their own little right spot then, for a uh, second. While while right. uh, while Barry's getting his pep talk from Iris, mm-hmm. uh, Joe decides to break Wally out of the cocoon. Dumb, dumb. Because he was yeah, I know. Come on, Joe. What a dumb move. It's not something Joe would do. Come on. No. Um, and Wally like emerges from it vibrating uncontrollably and then disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, the team realizes they're going to need Caitlin's help to get him back. So Caitlin goes down to the pipeline freezer and says, okay, you're going to, you can come out of this pipeline on the condition that you kill me. Yeah. I think Barry figured it out. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, go ahead. Here you go. He even puts yeah. like the icicle up to his chest. Mm-hmm. And says, go ahead. Kill me. And then finally Caitlin snaps out of it. 
And she can't bring herself, and she becomes herself again. And, and Lots of yeah. feels. Because she was always herself. Like, I almost want him to be, like, and yell at her, you know, you were always yourself. Like, this is, you know, like, there is no killer frost. It Well, it's like, it's like Bruce says in, in the Avengers, he figured it out. It's he's always angry. It's she needs to realize this is something she will always be. And she has to control it. Right. She has to be able to rein it in and use it to her advantage. And I think I hope, but I think that's the route they're going to end up going. But we're going to have more occasions of this possible killer frost craziness come out. Uh, Kaylee immediately jumps into doctor mode, figures out that, you know, Wally's body wasn't finished reforming itself, and now his mind and body are moving at different speeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, she creates See what you did, Joe! See what oh, you did. Uh, Joe figures out they might be at their old home in Keystone. They go there, um, uh, uh, Barry injects him with it, and then uh, they save the day. And then the next day, Wally is fully recovered and running around with Speed Force. And Having a good old time in the Speed Lab, and yeah. everybody's happy. Uh, except for Barry, who has to go talk to Julian, who has woken up. Uh, Barry tries to convince him not to turn Caitlin in. Julian agrees, but only on one condition. Mm-hmm. Barry quits the force. Mm-hmm. So he can have the office to himself or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it's ironic how he says, you know, he can't stand working with someone who puts friendship over justice. And I was like, such mm. a dick. But anyway. For some reason, I don't know why, but for some reason, right there sealed it for me that he was alchemy. Yeah. Right there. Right. Um, I, I don't know why. I just, right there, I was like, he's alchemy. So Barry agrees to his terms, packs up his stuff, and the episode ends with a moment of Savitar paying Julian to visit the hospital uh, and yep. begging him to become his prophet once more Ugh. to become Dr. Alchemy. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, since this character has been introduced, we were like, oh, he's a red herring. There's a herring. There's no way he's no, going to be alchemy. He's no. definitely going to be put there to throw us off, to make right. us think he's alchemy, but he's told there's no way he's going to be alchemy. They red herringed the red herring. They did. They had such a big red herring, it turned out to be the thing. The yeah, I was herring. like, what the F? That really disappointed me. I was hoping it did. Something, it... something more, you know? Totally disappointed me. Totally disappointed me. I don't know. I was disappointed and intrigued at the same time. I'm just kind of curious. I just like... Yeah. (laughs) Like, it would have been something if it was, like, the captain or something, or just something, like... like, Or like we said, the Wells of this world, or Eddie Thawne. I mean, there's a lot of people it could have been, you know. But that was just such a, like, from day one, he looked like, yeah, he's the dude. So you got the real evil dude from Harry Potter to play somebody on this show, huh? Huh? Yeah, How evil dude that? from Harry Potter playing <laughs> evil dude. So I guess maybe yeah. he's playing an evil dude. And, and on top of that, because I do remember a little bit of this Harry Potter stuff, he's never the big, big bad. He's just the bad that works with the big, he's big He's the prelim bad. <laughs> right. So you basically got the same thing again. He's, 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 he's the mini-boss you have to fight before yeah. you fight the boss. And he, I can see him wind up dying, like Barry inspiring him to, to fight back or stop this dude and, and wind up getting killed uh, trying to stop uh, Avatar. It's Avatar. Whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I well, I get the impression that Julian believes in order, even if it means breaking the law to make that order. Yeah, but I think he's going to do the friendship over the order thing. I think when Barry's going to still be oh, eventually, yeah. good to him, like Barry's still going to be good to him, even though he's betrayed him and been as mean as he's been to him, he's going to wind up, you know, doing that. Uh, he's going to wind up making that turn, you know, at the very end. And sacrifice himself. I think it's it's they've been on the same course of this already. Just making him the and he looked reluctant when he was talking to the guy. So I can I I, I got a feeling that they're just going to go all out. They're not even trying to cover it up anymore. <laughs> that they're just going to make it just go the course that it looked like it's going. Well, maybe the surprise will be who the the god of speed is. Maybe that'll be the surprise. But so far we've got none. We've got no other surprises right now. Yeah, I'm interested to see who Savitar turns out to be, to be honest. It would be awesome if it were Jake Garrick. You'd be yeah, playing boy. him this whole time, you know. Man, but yeah. I wouldn't want to lose Jake Garrick, though. No, you're right, either. I like yeah, having, I like <laughs> not again. I like having not him again. there. Yeah, me too. Well, it could be another version of Jake. <sighs> but even that is too much with that. Like, yeah, yeah. Well. yeah. So I give this episode just like Supergirl. I give it an A. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was cool. I gave, I gave it an A. I, I it agree, a. definite A. It was there was a lot packed in there, and it was done very well. And I'm, I'm glad, glad it was. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, Daryl. Well, I'm it's I'm glad. Um, I liked it a lot because I didn't realize that it was a Kevin Smith episode, mm-hmm. and I shouldn't realize that because you you know like a good director. You don't put too much of your identity into everything. I haven't been listening to his podcast lately. I bet that he was going over the moon directing, um, what's his name from Harry Potter? Because he is a huge fan. Oh, he is. Yeah. yeah, um, But it, it, uh, I I don't know. I mean, I could definitely see the, 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 the touch of Kevin Smith in it, but it, it wasn't enough to where it was blatant Kevin Smith in your face. And it was just, it was very well done. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I agree. A all the way. Well, um, we have a Facebook group on the Facebooks. It's called DC TV podcast. Oddly enough, it's a public group. Please join. Uh, we're up to 241 members. We have five new members just this week. So that's awesome. Thank you. And most of the news that we have on the site right now is all about the crossover. Of course mm-hmm. we have, photos we have trailers we have teaser trailers we have interviews behind the scenes with the cast uh all kinds of stuff all about the crossover coming up but it'll be starting tomorrow as we record this so we're super excited about that but the other bit of dc news that might have slipped by uh that didn't get announced really was that the justice league action uh cartoon uh they released the intro uh on from on cartoon network and the premiere will will start here in the United States in the middle of December. I think it's December 17th. So right That before, intro looks cool as all get out. I know. How many obscure characters are in that intro, too? It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I might have to let episodes pile up because they're, they're short, you know. Right. They're short segments. And I, I if, it's, if it's as good as or almost as good as... Justice League Unlimited. I, I want to. I want more. I'm gonna want more. So I might have to just let them things just pile up on my DVR, and then watch them in a group. Yeah, I'm psyched to see it. Back to back. Looks awesome. Man. I love the new art style. It's like kind of reminiscent of the old stuff, but not. 
Mm-hmm. Not exactly the same, and uh, yeah, it's great. And again, if you haven't seen the trailers and everything, by all means, go to the Facebook group and check that out because they are awesome. It looks like we're in for a good ride, and uh, I hope I hope that's true. I even there's even like an orchestral theme for the crossover, which is kind of yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. They did its own uh, uh, OST, so check that out as well. And uh, if you're into geeky podcasts about television, I imagine you would be because you've been listening to this one for a while. Then check out Nothing's On over on the Taylor Network of Podcasts because uh, that's me and Daryl and Donnie Salvo talking about TV and movies and everything else that we watch. Uh, we watch way too much TV, so let us do that for you and impart you with our wisdom of what to avoid and what to check out. And uh, I actually started watching This Is Us, Daryl. So, yeah, you guys have got me on the snuggy train, I guess. Good, good. good. Embrace it. Excellent. Feel the snuggie flow through you. Yes. (laughs) Also, uh, that's at the Taylor Network of Podcast.com. Also, you can go to HHWLOD.com for the Walking Dead TV podcast. Uh, We're right in the middle of the season right now. We're coming up on the the, uh, year-end finale. So definitely want to check that out if you're catching up with that show. God, I hope Carl cuts his hair at some point. Uh, Rich, oh, Rich and I are on there. Daryl's on there sometimes. Check that out. Oh, um, that's at hhwled.com. You can also find uh, Half Hour Wasted there, the Podfathers who started it all. And, of course, It's All Connected, who cover Marvel TV, uh, much the same way we do DC TV, although not as much of it because there are fewer Marvel shows. Right. It's not their yeah. fault that they're lazy. No, it's not their fault. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> Didn't say that. So next wow. week, we're bound to have a banner show. Not only will we be covering Gotham and Lucifer, but we will be covering, covering the four-part crossover. Wow. So psyched, so excited. That'll be awesome. Uh, I hope, I'm hoping to probably end up watching it twice before we record, so all four episodes. So we'll see what happens with that. So until next week, thanks, Daryl, and uh, thanks, Chubb and Jerry. Just because well. there's no diggle out this week, I don't know why you thought you could sit out. I'm saying. Diggle's back next week, so get your wiggle on. Diggle, wiggle your diggle on in here. <laughs> get them helmets. Them Negro helmets is coming. That's right. <laughs> Gonna be a lot of them. And we are ghosts. Good night, everybody. It's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair But her mommy is yelling no And her daddy has told her to go But her friend is nowhere to be seen Now she walks through her sunken dream To the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a saddening ball For she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools
house has grown up a cow Now the workers have struck for fame Cause Lennon's on sale again See the mice in their million hordes From Ibiza to the Norfolk broads Blue Britannia is out of bounds To my mother, my dog and clowns But the film is a sad thing for Cause I wrote it ten times or more It's about to be written again 